You're listening to Curious Conversations About Sex, and my name is Rog. This podcast is brought to you by Curious Creatures, who run a variety of sexuality and self-development workshops in Australia. Please bear in mind that not all conversations will be suitable for younger people. Also bear in mind that while we can discuss general concepts, what we say can't be taken as personal advice or guidance. You're the only person that is an expert on being you. If you've got questions you'd like us to answer, or you want to find out more about us, look us up at curiouscreatures.biz, B-I-Z. Today, we've got the first of three parts of a conversation I had with Isaiah McKimmy. It started out being about how to do safer sex, but you know how these things go. Pretty much just wound up being about sex and communication and a whole bunch of jokes as we got deeper into the material. We made a few gender whoopsies in this conversation. As a rule, I avoid assuming that someone with a pussy will identify as a woman and that someone with a dick will identify as a man. Mostly, for me, that's about breaking down the very strong cultural link between genitals, gender and personality, because I don't think that model supports fluidity or equality, which I'll talk to another time. However, it's an easy trap to fall into, and Asaya and I do so a couple of times in this conversation. But anyway, here goes part one of a surprisingly fun conversation about good sex. I mean, safer sex. Today, I'm joined by Asaya McKimmy, a couples therapist, sexologist, and coach. I brought her in because there's been lots of questions about safer sex, and um, rather than handle them all individually, uh, well, first, we're going to go through some of the common sexual practices and talk about some risks and solutions, and then we're going to talk in more detail about uh, about some of those solutions. So, yeah, welcome to the show, Asaya. Great to have you here. Thanks so much for having me, Raj. I thought before we dive into this, let's just work out what our language is going to be around, um, well, I'm going to propose pussies and cocks for when we're talking about um, those respective um, bits and pieces. Do you have any better suggestions? No, pussy and cock works for me quite well. <laughs> okay, great. And um, there's sort of no word that catches all of the male genitalia, so I guess we'll, we'll be more specific if we're talking specifically about balls and cocks separately, but yeah. And the other thing I wanted to say before we begin is um, uh, just welcoming in that this is a really a broad topic. And um, even though you're a sexologist, I'm a sexuality specialist, there's just so much here to know and understand. And I, I guess I just really want to welcome us in um, demonstrating a kind of an open and curious nature to safer sex as opposed to a, uh, I don't know, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do because I know talking about this, uh, you know, can be overwhelming. It can feel like there's so much to learn and, you know, we might also kind of wish we didn't have to engage with this, but I, I think it is a really important conversation to be having and it's a really important conversation to be having with our lovers as well. Um, so, you know, I, I guess, you know, coming into this conversation, you know, I'm also giving myself permission to, um, to stumble a little bit and, and to not necessarily, um, you know, have all the answers right at hand for everything. I'm smiling. That's a um, that's a great starting point. Yeah, complete. Uh, to the extent that anyone's in a in a spot to give permission for that, I I give permission. That sounds great. 
<laughs> Thank you. Um, so perhaps let's start at, uh, I guess, what uh, most folks might regard as the at the gentler end of the scale uh, with just um, kissing. So mouth to mouth, saliva to saliva. Um, let's, uh, so our structures, basically, let's just touch briefly on, on, on risks, but mainly talk about mitigations. So mm. I guess do we regard this as a high risk behaviour and what are our potential mitigations? Yeah, look, so kissing isn't a high risk behaviour. Um, you know, herpes is one of the, um, the uh, infections that can be transmitted, the HSV1, uh, which is, you know, oral herpes, um, is the most common thing that is transmitted mm-hmm. orally. Yep. You know, saliva doesn't yep. um, doesn't transmit um, uh, a, a lot of infections. You know, like in, including um, HIV. So, you know, usually with kissing. Um, you know, it, it, it's uh, you know, it's not something that we we mitigate mitigate um, around too much. So, you know, obviously, if if anyone has a, an active um, herpes sore, to not be uh, engaging uh, with that area. Yeah, yeah. And I, uh, there's a funny perspective on this. I've, I've heard of uh, colds and flu being described as a sexually transmissible uh-huh. infection. And uh, also, ironically, I think colds and flu probably kill and take out of action more people than many other things, <laughs> but they're, they're not traditionally counted. But I think it's really polite to let someone know if you've got a cold before you stick your tongue down their throat. Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a really good point. And, and actually, you know, and, and forgive me for kind of um, diverging slightly here, but I, I think it is really interesting what we consider a sexually transmitted infection and the ones that we kind of attach shame and stigma and discomfort to mm-hmm. and the ones that you know uh, you know that we're we're totally fine like there are there are lots of ways we um we pass on viruses and bacteria to people and yet the stigma seems to go with it being in a sexual context so actually i love that you've brought that in roger that you know mm-hmm. we we can transmit lots of things <laughs> and i love that we've just gotten to kissing like the very start of our of our list and um we're already into the details of shame and you're like you're just so right there's so much shame and so much attached to safer sex stuff and yeah yeah infection shaming yes yes Mm. and and i hope we get to talk more about that um through the conversation and i'm sure we will because you know i think that that's a really important part of of talking about this yeah yeah and in some ways talking about the technical details of this is just an excuse to talk about the broader zoomed out problems but yeah that'll come across <laughs> um but before we move off kissing um i have heard of um uh people uh using uh we're going to talk more about dental dams uh, a little later but in, in short that's a square of uh rubber very similar to condom rubber um that you place over whatever it is that you want to have contact with and Apparently, I haven't tried it. I keep meaning to, but apparently kissing through them is um, a really fun um, twist on an old, you know, thing. Oh, I, I like that. Uh, I like that idea. Obviously, it is kind of the only um, – uh, it's, it's the only um, thing that I, that I can kind of think of as a, as a barrier in terms of kissing. Yeah. I haven't tried it either, but that um, – you know, the, I, I love how in this, you know, in this area of exploration, I constantly find things that I haven't tried. So perhaps that is one to, you know, to add to my experimentation list just to know what it's like. 
<laughs> Great. Everyone wins. All right. So moving on to uh, manual stimulation, uh, that's like, uh, I guess that's slightly different language for talking about feeling each other up. So I'm talking about touch and contact with hands and in particular touch around um, genital areas, uh, anal areas. Um, what are your thoughts on uh, risks and mitigations? Yeah, look, so um, so there are risks and uh, the risks are um, not only um, around if there's there's an open um, you know sore on the on the hand is is one of the risks, but also in terms of cross contamination, it's really easy to put your hand somewhere and then put your hand somewhere else to touch your partner, then touch yourself to touch yourself, uh, and then touch yeah. your partner. Yeah. So you know, so mitigation in in terms of that, you know, um, gloves, finger cots, um, condoms if you don't have um, anything like that uh, over the fingers. Uh, just you know being you know being quite aware of where your hands are and and where they've been um, to uh, you know be able to to wash them between uh, if necessary as well yeah yeah great I'm reminded I've I've seen a study done where you I've forgotten how you do it I think you make people snot radioactive by giving it a little iodine thing or something like that and then you put the room that you've had uh, you know six people in a dinner party under a blue light and check just to see how far that snot uh, managed to travel and basically it's all over the room it's over everything and um, yeah I haven't seen it done for genital fluids but I uh, yeah I imagine the potential transmission paths and contact areas are just the same so yeah, if you've been touching someone's gloop and you've got that on your hands, be mindful of what you're touching. Mm -hmm. In the scale of things, would you agree that that's um, uh, not a massively healthy transmission path, but definitely one to be aware of? Look, it's definitely one to to be aware of. Um, it's not one of the, you know, one of the um, most common, you know, I, I suppose we'll come to it, but, um, uh, you know, when we're getting to um, – uh, anal penetration and vaginal penetration, uh, they're the, the higher risks. But, but manual stimulation, it is one to, to be aware of. And, you know, and as you said, because, uh, you know, the touching can, you know, can cover a lot of places. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fingers wander. <laughs> yes. um, and, yeah, and you just totally lose track of what you've been touching. Um all right, let's move on to oral sex. Um, first, uh, maybe oral on, I don't know, flipping a coin here. Let's do pussies first. Um, oral sex on pussies. So that's the licking or sucking or kissing of a vulva or pussy or cunt yep. uh, with one's yep. mouth. Um, what's the scale of our risks and what are our potential mitigations? Yeah, so it, um, so, you know, I guess. Uh, you know, I need to say there is a risk with with all of these things. Um, oral sex on a cunt um, is oh, we we're going to call it a pussy. There, there I go. There. Yeah, we're, <laughs> um, we're, we're all good. We're all good. Um, you know, oral sex on a on a pussy or a cunt. It, it, you know, there are still um, risks with that. Um, particularly if a woman is menstruating, um, and I'm sure we'll talk about that. Uh, you know, again, that'll be kind of uh, a reoccurring issue. Um, it is the yeah. lower end, but yes, there are risks. So, um, you know, when you're giving oral on a cunt, um, dental dams, um, if you don't have a, a dental dam, you can, if you really need to, um, cut open a condom and it's not quite the right shape or size, but that is an option if you're stuck. 
I also think there's a lot to be said in these conversations for um, having a chat. Generally, people know if they've got uh, symptoms or signs or discomfort or anything they're not sure about. And also, particularly when we're talking about oral sex, like whether it's uh, cocks or cunts or whatever, I see we've reverted to our usual language, <laughs> um, visual inspection. Um, yeah, just like actually, yeah, have it, having a look at what you're about to suck before you suck it. Yeah, yeah. And look, and I think, uh, I guess more importantly for me is, is what you mentioned prior to that, which is having the conversation. I think that's actually one of the most important things that we can do to mitigate our risk. You know, we often assume that someone will tell us if they have yeah. an STI, but, but we actually can't rely on that. I think it's really our responsibility to explicitly yeah. ask, um, you know, yeah, I just, I, I think, um, you know, because as we've, you know, we've already mentioned shame around this, that often that there is that shame and embarrassment that kind of stops people uh, voicing something. So, you know, taking responsibility for your own health and, um, and having the explicit conversation. So let's 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 stay on this point for a second because mm. it's just so important. We'll get back to our sucking of cocks and cunts in a moment. Yes, you're so right. The conversation, um, because yeah, as as I think you were saying, sometimes a person won't know, or sometimes a person will know but won't tell you. So you've got to sort of suss suss out some of those mixed signals around that. Um, but also just to make sure you're on the same page about what safer sex is. Like, it's not enough just to say, uh, if you realize you're heading towards the sexy times with someone, it's not enough just to go, oh, yeah, so we'll use safer sex, right? Because that could mean so many different things. And, and this subject we're on around oral sex, for some, that's a legal gray area as to whether you should have barrier methods or not. And um, yeah. You get to clarify up front. Absolutely. And, and I think you're right. Like, some people say for sex will be different to to yours. And so, you know, someone uh, may kind of judge the the receiving of oral sex as well. It's low risk to me. It's low risk to them. You know, um, I haven't had a herpes outbreak in, you know, so long, for example. But, you know, it's really up to each of us to, to make the decisions for ourselves about what an acceptable risk is. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think, you know, you're, you're really right. Like being, being really explicit about, um, you know, about our boundaries and needs uh, around safer sex. Yeah. Yeah. Um, love what you're saying. And also, um, I, I think that if you get to a stage in that conversation where you realize either that you have a different understanding or different standards, um, I, I like, suggesting to folks don't waste time on the conversation just work out who's got the most conservative practices uh, and spend the five or ten minutes that you could have spent talking about that um, getting it on instead yes yes um, and much too short people <laughs> I agree and and I would say if it, if it also seems like the person you're engaging with isn't going to respect your boundaries um, and what feels right for you around safer sex get out of there and, and, and find Alarm someone bell. who will yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah love it and um, it's it's in those conversations beforehand that yeah you're going to pick up on those those vibes uh, and and also I mean this fits together so obviously um, with um, that's where your consent conversations should be like just sort of blindly sliding into bed turning off the lights and hoping for the best it's a pretty risky strategy both from a safer sex and a where are your boundaries? What are you into? What are you not into? Absolutely. Absolutely. And not to mention enjoyment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that old thing. 
<laughs> yeah, no, please do mention it. Um, no, no alrighty. Can, can I just? Um, I actually just want to touch on something. I, I'm here. Here I go, guiding the conversation. Just, just bring go, me back into go. mind. Um, you, because you were mentioning the the kind of visual inspection, and and I was going to say, as it, you know, it is, um, you know, it is. You know, there are definitely benefits to that, but with um, something like herpes, for example, um, there, there's also viral shedding when the virus isn't active, so when there are no uh, visual sores and other STIs can be completely asymptomatic but still transmissible yeah. as well. So um, definitely yeah. worth doing, but it's definitely uh, it, it's definitely not the only method um, that should be used. So if there are any open sores, you know, it, it's it's off. Like it's just such a risk um, at that point. But even without, still, you know, bear in mind that that you need to still be um, using other methods as well. Oh, that's such a great clarification. Thank you for making it. Yeah, visual inspection gives you a heads up on on anything that can be seen. But as you say, so shedding is a really good example. Um, and my understanding is that you can still shed uh, the infection, like you can still uh, drop skin cells that carry uh, – we're talking about genital uh, warts in particular? Uh, and herpes, yeah. Herpes, yeah. So, yeah, even when you don't have any apparent signs yourself, you are still uh, potentially infectious. So, yeah, and I love what you're saying. Thanks for that clarification. Uh, visual inspection doesn't cover every base by any stretch of the imagination. Um, all right, so I think we might have sidetracked enough times on oral sex on cunts. Should we move on to oral sex on cops? <laughs> yeah, I think we're ready. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. Um, so I guess uh, I guess much of these conversations are the same, although it's a little easier just to use a condom as they exist. What are your thoughts? Yeah, look, I, I think um, I, I think use a condom for 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 this one there there certainly are um you know um with the uh, there's there can be more fluid not not always but there can be more fluid um with a with a cock um and i it's just you know it's just important to protect yourself um i know it doesn't always feel as good, but it's worth using a condom. Yeah, I wonder. I think it depend very much on the on the specific genitals about fluid quantities. But I, um, <laughs> but um, my understanding is that there's a couple of things you can catch from sucking a cock, which are harder to treat, and there's a few more of them. Um, there's that. So I, I, it seems to me, uh, based on the research I've done, that there are a, just a couple more risks from sucking cocks than there are sucking cunts. All right, super. Uh, and I guess also, um, if, while we're while we're talking about that, it's sort of uh, one does need to manage the situation reasonably carefully when you're using uh, barriers. Like again, be mindful of the areas you're touching that aren't protected. And yeah, yeah, that's look, that's really true. So I think um, you know we were talking earlier about um, the the different kinds of infections, but a lot of STIs are you know they're, they're skin conditions. Ultimately, mm-hmm. and so anywhere that there's exposed skin, uh, these um, infections can be transmitted. So, you know, uh, a condom will cover, you know, obviously a part of the cock, it covers the shaft, but then there's a, a whole lot of areas um, that, that are not covered. Point well made. And tune into the next episode where we get into genital-genital contact. Oh, God, that came out so wrong.
This podcast is brought to you by Curious Creatures. Check out our workshops, consent cards, and blog at curiouscreatures.biz. B-I-Z.